0: Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast by default. Ain't no thing like me, Seth. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. There's no more football. I know you're done. You had to deal with that, like, sad commercial. It's just like... Uh, well, tomorrow re- everyone's undefeated. Re- remember to sign up for NFL Sunday ticket because, you know, we're gone, but we'll be back.
1: Well, you got the the new combination of the XFL and the USFL, so... Or whatever it was. Oh, I don't care at all. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> now let me check the ways I care.
1: The answer is none.
0: non existent, yeah.
1: Zero. We'll talk about that in Sports Report.
0: I have been a... I'm just about done. There's one one episode left. I haven't watched it, but I, I I gotta sing the praises of the show because okay. last week I crapped on the movie Hypnotic. All right. Yes, you you did, you did. I, very I sta- vociferously. <laughs> I stand by my uh, by your negative crapping. opinion. Oh,
1: it was. I wouldn't say it was negative. It just wasn't very positive. So negative. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't neutral. It was the other side of neutral.
0: But I got something I'm loving, which I don't see getting a lot of press, and for that, I feel like it's not going to get renewed.
1: Oh, uh, what is it?
0: I've been watching, uh, I got one to go because uh, two episodes dropped last Sunday, so I haven't seen both of them yet. Monsieur Spade. Oh. Monsieur Spade? Uh, the kind of sequel to The Maltese Falcon. Ah. With Humphrey Bogart, except this time it's Clive Owen. And well, he, he lives in the south of France and it's only six episodes. And I love it. I've, a lot of people seem to like it for people who, you know, The internet is always an interesting place because sometimes people will be effusive about a thing or they'll be negative about a thing. But, you know, most of the time, the majority of the world just doesn't do anything. But I love it. And a lot of people complain. They're like, oh, like you have to read subtitles so you can not do two things at once. I'm like, "Okay," And it is um, it's a super slow show, Uh but not without purpose behind it. Like um, I'll use a. I don't know, more popular movie like uh, Quentin Tarantino doing Death Proof in 2007. Yes. Like, that movie is slow in a bad way, because it's just people talking about nothing. Yes. A- and then it has the greatest car chase of all time. Side note.
1: That was a Kurt Russell, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Versus this, it's like, it's very slow, but it's all very intentional, and I love it. It's like my exact speed, and it's just like film noir and i like clive owen and i like just everything about it and it's just like hey it's the south of france in the 60s and it's shot gorgeously and it's just it's so up my alley
1: is it as slow as the 1984
0: dune oh way slower all right well i mean
1: there's parts of 1984 dune that are slow
0: but i love it it's also one of the things that, like you know recently within the world of uh this is on amc and it's one of those things, like I haven't seen such a middle finger to the idea of just like pop culture. It's like, hey, guess what? You're gonna have to read subtitles. Hey, guess what? It's gonna be slow as shit. And it's great. I Good. love it so much. It's
1: now does your wife, does she does she like did she tell you if the subtitles are accurate or not?
0: Uh Is she able to in-
1: so she's able to enjoy it in the native language.
0: She tapped out after episode one because episode one ends, and to be fair, episode one ends in a very different way than anything else. Episode one ends violently. Oh, okay. Very violently. And then there's nothing else like that in the, for the rest of the series. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't watched the last episode. But, all right. Well, there you go. But man, I am loving Monsieur Spade. And please, Monsieur everyone who this, like, it's, I don't know. I, I I'm going to sound like an old man. I don't like a lot of modern pacing. Like, it's all, like, a little too quick. It's a little too, like. You know, the TikTok generation or whatever. Like, no one can, like, keep their attention for too long. What? I like, yeah. <laughs> I like the plotting nature of this. Like, it's it's more, it's the speed that I kind of, like, not that, like, I don't like faster-paced things. But it's, like, I can just, you know, kind of, like, luxuriate in my watching. And it's so beautifully shy. I'm really loving it. All right. Excellent. And it's on what platform again? I mean, I'm watching on YouTube TV. I think it's on AMC. Oh, okay. Well, there we
1: go. Monsieur Spade. It's great. Monsignor Spad. If
0: you know, also if you don't like it, I understand. It's not going to be for everyone, but I, I personally really enjoy it. All right. But uh, we got what our normal stuff of the week. We got the news of the week. Mm-hmm. We got weird comics facts. We got sports reports. We're going to talk the 1984 Dune because Dune Part D is coming out. A movie's turning 40 this year now. Well, not the new one. No, not but not out yet. The original Dune. <laughs> yeah. And your questions. Got some good stuff coming up. All right. I probably should have sent you the questions ahead of time. <sighs> Yeah, And yet, I didn't.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe, you know what, for Lent, because it's Mardi Gras, by the way, maybe for Lent, you can give up not sending me the questions.
0: I was down in New Orleans right before Mardi Gras. How
1: wild was that? Pretty wild. (laughs) I like wild. Wild is good.
0: (laughs) All right, let's uh, just dive straight into the news.
1: Before we get started,
0: does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. Bunch of news this week. Uh, Let's start with the... Yeah, no shit news. Uh, Madam Web reviews have uh, started coming in, as that is released uh, today for most of you. Uh Uh-huh. Not good. Are we going to see that? Oh, no chance in hell. All right. Yay. Uh, No. I I saw a lot of reviewers apologizing to Morbius for being hard. Oh, it's that bad? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Um, So, yeah, Madam Web not doing well, which I got to tell you, shocker, you're taking like a- I don't know. D-list is too high. O-list. That's right. You got to drop that down to the alphabet. O. Is it, would you say it's an F-tier movie? (laughs) Uh, I don't, I don't uh, like doing tier stuff, but no, it's real bad, uh, supposedly. And I'm not surprised because it's a character that's an old lady who wears a sock and a chair. And you tried to like young it up with Dakota Johnson and amazingly Uh not doing well. Alright. No, no chance in hell we're going to see it. I'm definitely never watching it. Yeah, Madam Web. Not good. Getting terrible reviews. Shocker. I can't wait to see what the Craven reviews are like from the Sony Spider-Man universe. Bet they're going to be real good too. I'm terrified. They, well, We're not going to see that one either. Alright. Well, there we go. Perfect. No, <laughs> that, uh, that also falls into the no chance in hell category. Alright. I'm not spending money on that. No, absolutely not. But more excitingly, Deadpool 3 uh, had its first trailer which we now know is titled deadpool and wolverine mm-hmm. not a lot of wolverine in the trailer no which is kind of a bummer but whatever <laughs> we have a bunch of leaked things if we want to see them.
1: yeah but i'm not going to go and look it for them so thank you
0: well supposedly uh the trailer is only really dealing with uh the first part of the movie which i hope is true like try and hide as much as you can uh this trailer has also uh become the most watched trailer of all time because of all the easter eggs that are probably hidden within it um i mean just i don't know I I mean, in our case, I could say because uh, the trailer dropped during the Super Bowl, and we were surrounded by five children who were just running and screaming in a circle, so mm. we, we couldn't actually hear it. It was the most watched Super Bowl <laughs> of all time. It, yes, it was that, too. The most uh, watched live telecast of all time. Yes, correct. Beat MASH. I don't know if it did, because that was a live telecast oh. v- versus broadcast. Oh, yeah. Broadcast. Well. So, I kind of doubt it.
1: Uh, actually, I don't think MASH was the number one watched TV show of all time. I think the most. No, like, MASH was. It was, but, but I think the Super Bowl had passed
0: it. I don't know. This Super Bowl is the most watched live telecast. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if that taught MASH, but whatever. Uh, so, we got the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer. There's a ton of Easter eggs in this thing, um, some of them are. Kind of fun, like I like seeing uh, the whole group together in his uh, birthday party. He is wearing the worst wig of all time, which is supposed to be the worst wig of all time. Like I just I can't stand it, but you're not supposed to (laughs) like it.
1: By the way, here you go. I I've just uh, figured it out. Okay, uh, list of the most watched telecasts by average viewership. So this is just telecast period, live or otherwise. Top ten are Super Bowls. One hundred twenty three point four million for the most recent Super Bowl, uh, and really it is uh super bowl yeah just a variety of them number 11 is mash farewell uh goodbye farewell on a man 105 million people watched that back in 1983
0: i've seen a lot of mash i had a girlfriend who was really into it so i saw a ton of it it was like when the dvds were first getting released
1: of the top of the top uh 30 uh all but three can you guess the other two perhaps
0: that aren't super bowls that are not
1: super bowls
0: and not mash Yeah. Well, MASH is number one. Um, Cheers finale? Nope. Seinfeld? No. Friends? Nope. Okay, I'm giving up.
1: Part eight of Roots, the finale finale of Roots. Okay. uh, Tied with 100 million viewers with a TV movie from 1983, The Day After. I
0: don't think I know what that is.
1: That is, uh, I know what that is. It's a television film um, that looks at what would, like the day after um, all hell breaks loose and nuclear warfare happens across the world.
0: Yeah, don't know that one. So there you go. Um, I, during the birthday party, I love seeing like the Deadpool cast in there, and like I, I, you know, I get a kick of seeing like Colossus in there. Apparently, Shatterstar lives um, after being, I think, cut up by a helicopter blade. But we saw at the end of Deadpool too; like he went back to at least save Peter. He's like, "Get out of here! There's no X Force. Save yourself." So we knew Peter was alive, but apparently uh, he also went back to save Shatterstar. How much does that Deadpool two time sh- time travel shenanigans really matter? We don't know. <laughs>
1: So actually, by the way, doing a little bit more research, the Super Bowl, if you look at this, technically it was not the most watched. having two separate conversations I know, but here. this was, this, this was fa- fascinating to me. Do you know what the most watched live news event ever was?
0: Richard Nixon resigning.
1: Nope, it wasn't. Bill Clinton resigning. <laughs> nope, it wasn't. July 20th, 1969, the day we landed on the moon, 125 to one hundred and fifty uh, million people. Okay. There you go.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the Cheers finale is number four for non-Super Bowl. So there you go. Listen, Seinfeld, number six. Friends, number seven. Michael Jackson talks to Oprah, number eight. All right, that's enough.
0: Yeah, let's get back to that Deadpool trailer that I've been trying to talk about. Oh, you're just having sorry. your own separate conversation. I, I fell down a rabbit hole yeah, of you're just learning of knowledge. Yeah, And somehow I didn't strike it.
1: Yeah, because you saw it was deep in thought. <laughs> I, I like that right away, the fourth wall break. There's no fourth wall. They shatter the fourth wall in this trailer. With pegging. Yes.
0: Let's stop. This is like week two of talking about pegging, and let's just uh, put a referendum on that.
1: Yeah. um, A moratorium, I think, is the word you're looking for. A referendum is a vote. I vote no. (laughs) I mean, I vote yes to not talking about it. Okay, great. I like the TVA stuff. It's interesting that they're tying it back in. Is this the course correction for Marvel? I mean, there's so much fourth wall breaking. I'm Marvel Jesus, he says.
0: Yeah, the TVA is very uh, apparent there from, like, the, the Loki stuff, and I'm so glad he loses that wig so fast. Oh, that was um, hilarious. I, I do have a theory, because we there's a few things floating around uh, following the Deadpool trailer. One, we get a look at something that, like, someone who looks like they have a Dr. Doom-esque mask. Ah. I am going to guess that is a Doombot. Uh, Doombot is just a robot that dresses like Dr. Doom, and sometimes if continuity doesn't work out, you're just say, oh, it was a Doombot. Just the guy who dresses exactly like Dr. Doom. Oh, so, just
1: like times when people are scrolls?
0: Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Okay, perfect. I'm catching on to <laughs> that trope. Skrulls, Doombots. Lazarus Pits, bringing people back to life. Whatever that thing was on Counter-Earth that I can't remember from She-Hulk. Yeah, there. it's always something else. So it looks like we might have a Doombot in there. Uh, we also get what looks like to be Cassandra Nova, uh, which we, has been confirmed to be uh, in the movie. Cassandra Nova uh as a character we've talked about before not specifically in like in a comic arc but uh cassandra nova is the twin of charles xavier uh and they fight in the womb including like wrapping an umbilical cord around like around the neck and like you know punching the other one in the face that's horrific yeah so it looks like well we we know there's gonna be a cassandra nova in there which is a little bit weird Let's, much weird let's yes. go back to 2006 or 2001 when the, the grant morrison uh frank quietly runs started on new x-men which introduced the character of cassandra nova and the whole like baby umbilical cord like punch to the face thing so that's like 2001 yeah Th- then we get up to 2006 movie wise with x-men the last stand where charles xavier gets fully blown up
1: oh, yeah he, he gone
0: and we're introduced to um a character that moira mctaggart is treating who's unconscious and then in a post credit scene we see that it's uh xavier's twin and uh, he wakes up he's like hello moira and then yeah. in 20 like jump ahead eight years 2014 we get to the end of the wolverine and like xavier's in a chair again he's like oh logan blah 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 mm. so but then in the comics cassandra nova is not a man so we have to go like okay it's 2006 let's go back to a 2001 comic where you say all right we know that he has a twin it's a female. In this case, we're gonna like you know change things for the movie, make it a man. Except now we're going into 2024, and we're going back to no. He has a twin, but it's a female, and it's just it doesn't make any goddamn sense unless this is Cassandra nova from a different universe. Is anyone keeping up with this? You shouldn't because it's weird and doesn't make any sense.
1: You reminded me of the guy that stands in front of the wall with all the red lines <laughs> on it. He's like conspiracy theory trying to tank, like Charlie Day, that
0: guy. Yeah, him. Yeah. Except uh, I, I threw this out on Twitter, and I have. Kind of a new theory. Uh, I talked about before that I think that Deadpool 3 is going to be pulling from Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe where he's going to go universe to universe. And now is kind of what we're learning with the TVA. He's probably going to be pruning timelines. Oh, I like it. Except uh, there was this book and it's had a few different iterations. Uh, there was a mid to late 2000s book uh, called The Exiles that had a team of uh, different characters from different universes going around to i already said different universes i gotta say it again they were going around two different universes to kill evil versions of charles xavier ah so that's kind of my guess is that if we have cassandra nova who is an evil charles xavier twin we're probably not going to get like multiple evil charles xavier's this is just pure speculation on my part but if we're going to be following um trying to kill like an evil charles twin I think is where we're going. So we are probably be hopping from universe to universe to try and stop Cassandra Nova is my guess. Interesting. Exiles style. All right. We'll see if you're right sooner than later. I mean, there's other stuff in there too. Like there's a Secret Wars comic from like 2016 on the ground next to Deadpool. We get Wolverine briefly uh, picking him up. We also get a shot of Wolverine from behind. Where he's in a white jacket, which is what he does when he's in Madripoor, which we did see in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They went to Madripoor, but uh, Wolverine will go there in a white jacket and like gamble. And he puts an eye patch on, and he calls himself Patch. Oh, and and everyone's like, "Oh, we can't figure it out. It's you." Later on, they're like, "Yeah, dude, we were just playing along. We we knew it was you the whole time because you're just Wolverine with an eye patch."
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It Makes perfect sense to me. I don't know why we're, yeah.
0: I feel like I am really rambling about this trailer. You, <laughs> there's a lot in there. Well,
1: you're a big X-Men guy. Like you, you have good knowledge, deep knowledge of the catalog. So
0: I love the suit. This is the best Deadpool suit, and yes. they've, they've all looked good. To be fair, like there's not one that I've you know disliked, aside from X-Men Origins Wolverine. That one, you know, it Wolverine. gives me hope for a
1: really really good Marvel movie. We I haven't see. had a really really good one in a while.
0: It has been that long. I mean, we got Loki. We got Guardians. Well, since like a oh, I guess Guardians was good.
1: Yeah, but like one that you're like a game changing Marvel movie.
0: I said by Guardians and Loki were good within the last year. I
1: didn't say that they were bad. I'm saying movie. Well, Guardians I guess is a movie, so
0: yeah. And this is the only Marvel movie of the year, so I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah, uh, there's a lot more Easter eggs in there. We don't need to dive into every single one of them. And I have definitely rambled about this movie enough. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you. I, <laughs> yeah, you talked a lot. I yeah, did. you I, did. I did. I agree. Uh we also got a trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I I can't tell on this one. Ah hit your phone. Yeah, you did. It looks it looks visually good, but I'm a little afraid of it being too reference heavy. Yes. Because like we have you know the apes on horseback, cactus. Capturing the humans like in nets and stuff, we saw that that was in the original one. And I don't know how you top that scene because that looked so good, like with the practical effects. And I guarantee everyone at the end of that scene was like bruised and bloody because they're getting like dragged across the ground. Yeah, it doesn't seem like fun to me. And I mean, there's also, of course, the introduction of our old friend, Dr. Zeus. Mm hmm. Oh, help me, Dr. Zeus! Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus! Dr. Zeus, Dr. Dr. Zeus! Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh,
1: Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zeus, Dr. Zeus. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas.
0: I already played it. I was just singing along. <laughs> oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? Oh, sorry, I'll stop, I'll stop. <laughs> yeah. God damn, that's such a good episode. <laughs> it is a fan.
1: Written by Conan O'Brien. That one wasn't. Oh, it wasn't? I no. thought he was involved in that one.
0: I think that was after he left. But no, that that, that, is, a, that is a classic. I, I appreciate it. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Um, I don't know. It it looks visually very impressive. I'm I'm just hesitant because I'm like, are we going to get too reference heavy? That was f- part of the fun of the most recent trilogy is that not entirely because they definitely leaned into some of the older stuff, like no question. Uh, one movie in particular, and I can't remember which one off the top of my head, so forgive me for that, but like they've leaned into the old stuff and there have yeah. definitely been references, but... I don't know. I'm I'm a little afraid that we're gonna be a little too reference heavy on this one. So we'll see. We'll. I mean, I hope it's good because I yeah. really enjoy the last three movies. But like if I it's if it's reference
1: like heavy, movies. like you're okay with that from your standpoint because you've seen them all.
0: I just don't want that to be the movie. I don't want it to be the movie being going like, hey, remember this?
1: Oh, like, like, so you're like more worried about being like nostalgia heavy?
0: Yeah, I I remember that. I saw the movies. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it looks good. I mean, it, it visually looks amazing. Visually looks fantastic. I'm just a little worried that like what we've been given so far is so very clearly like yeah, reference heavy to the older movies. So, I don't know. We'll see, but I hope it's good. <laughs> That's kind of where I land on it. Good answer. Hey, we got two Predator movies coming up. Two, not just one. Two. Isn't that weird? They just announced two movies at the same time? No. Okay, fine. It's not weird. It's normal.
1: No. I mean, they've done it before, like they announced two Harry Potter movies to wrap up the series. They did it with Well, these are in two different games. timelines. Oh, well, then that's weird.
0: We're going to get a Prey 2. Uh,
1: no, not. Oh, sorry. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday.
0: <laughs> we're not praying to the Lord. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Maybe for strength for the new Predator movies. No, we're uh, going to get a sequel to Prey, which was a great movie. We covered that on the show, right? Prey? Yeah. Yeah, we watched it. I can't remember what I watched versus what we talked about. That's a good point. <laughs> And there's also going to be a movie that takes place in the future, which is going to be directed by the uh, Prey director, Dan Trachtenberg, called Badlands. Badland. I don't know. There's not much other more than that. But it's like, okay. like, I'm glad Prey did well enough because it was one of those things that got dumped on Hulu. And there's always that fear of, you know, things not finding an audience when it just goes straight to streaming. And apparently Prey did well enough that it's set up two more movies. So great. And most of the Predator movies are good. Yes. Not the Predator, though. Ugh, bad movie. Tales of the TMNT got its first trailer. This is going to be a uh, animated show that bridges the gap between mutant mayhem and whatever the next movie is called. Ah. You saw the trailer. Yes, did it, it?
1: Ah! It, this was a short teaser trailer.
0: Yeah. They're like, we're going to kick their metal butts and they vandalize a
1: bathroom and try and kill a robot with a hand dryer.
0: Well, what we l- really learn here is what the animation style is going to be like. We are not going to be doing the three D animation. We're the show is going to be two D animation uh, in a similar style to Mune Mayhem. Yes, which was you know well received. Yeah, and the teaser doesn't give you much. And Tales of the TMNT uh, goes back to the old Mirage days. That was the uh, first spinoff book, which ran for seven issues, and then Volume Two ran for seventy two, I think, off the top of my head. Uh-huh. Um, but certainly a title that has a long Ninja Turtles history, even it's, you know, maybe not like mainstream known, but I love
1: I, I love the Turtle Van.
0: I thought it looked, you know, good enough for what it is. It's like, okay, how are you going to do a two season show in between movies? It's like, Oh, that's how you do it. You do it with two D animation versus trying to go like full G C like CGI.
1: I kinda like the two D animation. Give me more of that actually. Yeah,
0: it matches uh stylistically like character design wise so yeah yeah i mean i got nothing against it so far like i, mean, I like that first movie so hopefully it keeps being good perfect samuel L. jackson wants a mace windu show this isn't anything <laughs> new he said this a lot of times he's like he's not dead into that i would say sir you just had secret invasion and that show sucked
1: also mace windu got his hand cut off electrocuted by force lightning and thrown out of the top window of emperor palpatine's office in coruscant
0: he dead also Ian mcdermott oh. has confirmed that uh Fucks.
1: well I mean the dark side of the forest leads to uh many abilities some would call unnatural
0: <laughs> I don't know I it's one of that like Samuel L. Jackson is oh. so good but like as we just saw in secret invasions like if you don't give him like good material like as good as he can be as an actor if you give him crap material then, yeah like he can only elevate you can't it so polish far. a turd yes yeah, well, I mean you can
1: <laughs> it can be still shiny and beautiful but guess
0: what it still is yeah lips still got a big gun yeah I mean I if he wants to do it, great, because, you know, he's Samuel Jackson. He's incredible. I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely having, like, a negative, like, whiplash reaction to Secret Invasion, though. It's like, yeah. oh, God, that sucked. And, like, uh, he is not to blame. <laughs> the faults of that show are not on him.
1: No, no, like, no, no. The
0: best parts of the show, like, go to, like, him and Don Cheadle. And everything else is like, oh my god, what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the two of them just acting off each other was great. But Don Cheadle was fantastic in that. Everything else sucked. <laughs> so I'm a little like weary of a <laughs> yeah. Mace Windu show. But it, you know, if you can do something with it, like please do it because Samuel Jackson is you know, one of our best living actors. 100. percent Yeah. So if, feed him. Do good stuff. It, I don't know. It's like do it if you can. But on the other hand, like gets really fucked up last time
1: yes <laughs> and it's yes the, they it's did the same
0: company <gasps> this is an interesting one because it got announced five months ago but nobody noticed uh-huh stephen king's latest novel holly is being adapted into a tv show from director producer jack bender who also worked on mr mercedes this is interesting because um the character of holly gibney uh, appeared in two different shows. She appeared in Mister Mercedes for three seasons, and mm. also The Outsider. Uh, but they were on two different networks and had two different actresses in there. It's also very funny because this literally came out five months ago and nobody noticed. And then like one site grabbed it and a bunch of other people jumped on it. Okay. okay, it'd be curious because Jack Bender is doing it. Who worked on Mister Mercedes with the actress uh, Justine uh, Lupe or Loop? I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. L U P E. L.U.P.E. Loop. Lupe. Yeah loopy but uh he you know he worked on that show before uh which does take some pretty different structures to the uh bill hodges trilogy which makes up the mr mercedes show uh primarily because they flipped book two and three it seems like it's out of order yeah and if you know if you've read the book you're like well if we're flipping these then you know we're gonna have some different stuff without spoiling it even though they've been out for years but i'm still not gonna oh so good on you I just think it's so funny that that news came out in September and no one noticed it until this week. Like he was talking to like uh, like C-SPAN two and no one caught it. And well, until it ended up on like.
1: Last I checked, C-SPAN two is not drawing in 105 million people like the Super Bowl or 125 no. million people.
0: But someone like found it on like archive. dot
1: org. That nonstop action from C-SPAN baby. C-SPAN two. See, yeah, it's uh, C-SPAN so good. We need a second one.
0: See, apparently, uh, the Holly novel is. Being adapted for TV, will we see um, the same actress return? Maybe. Will it be connected to Mr. Mercedes? Maybe. There's literally nothing more than, oh yeah, they're developing it, but you know, it's a little interesting. A little. A little interesting. All right. Two more stories. Okay. Don't uh, move on. Um, I didn't send you this because it's only a six-second uh, teaser. Oh. Netflix is releasing a show. What are you laughing at? I was going to make an inappropriate comment, but I'm not going to. Fantastic, Netflix, for a six-second teaser is releasing a show uh, a korean-based show called chicken nugget oh i think i saw this and it's about a girl that goes into a booth gets turned into a chicken nugget and then a father in his quest to turn her back from being a chicken nugget and I, sign me up six second teaser i was just like fuck i'm in yeah <laughs> like, i'll buy i'll get netflix again for this show Similar to, i want to see chicken nugget similar to squid game
1: no, because she's turned into a chicken nugget. They killed, they fucked people up in Squid Game.
0: I don't think they turned them into nuggets.
1: <laughs> no, but they had a doll that shot people dead if they didn't play Red Light, Green
0: Light right. But not a nugget. So yeah, Chicken Nugget yeah. coming, uh, a Korean series coming to Netflix where a father has to try and turn his daughter back from a chicken nugget. Real thing. Real thing. All it's, right. That's coming. But I want to watch it. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> okay, I do than. love a good nug. Um, In some good comics news, we don't have the full scale of what it's going to be, but for the first time in a very long time, uh, uh-huh. Marvel and DC crossovers are going to be reprinted. Interesting. The first one that's going to be happening is the Amalgam comics.
1: Oh, I love me some Amalgam.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're unaware of what Amalgam was, that was um, Marvel and DC had a thing where they would mash up two characters from their... Uh, assorted universes the most famous one being dark claw which was a combination of uh i think it was his name was logan wayne where like his parents died but also he was from the 1800s and he looked it was just like he was you know very 90s extreme or there was like i can't remember the names of the characters like dark side and thanos get crossed over i did like and, the 90s the 90s were pretty good yes uh so all the I just invented uh, Cap- a word. I said could. Like, Cap- Captain, good and cool Captain America and Superman got crossed over. Hmm. Like, all these different characters just got, like, mashed up into one. So, Amalgam is going to get reprinted. Also, um, hopefully, the Marvel versus DC stuff is going to get reprinted. There's been a number of stuff in, like, uh, like like Batman uh, Daredevil, uh, Batman Punisher, like, stuff like that. So, hopefully, all that stuff is going to get reprinted because it's kind of looking that way and it has been hasn't been done in basically since it happened so you know nice little positive news there yeah very much so for you know weird crossovers you know the, of varying quality but you know it's it's something and you know if they're doing this then it may, might open the door to maybe future stuff so if you want to see future stuff buy this shit kids yeah there we go all right that's it for the news that's all that news jeez
1: well i mean to be fair Like, probably well over a third of the news was you talking about the entire X-Men canon regarding Deadpool and what's-her-face, Xavier's twin. Cassandra Nova. That
0: one, yes. All right, let's move on from there to weird movie facts. Here are some weird comic Mm -hmm. facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. This week we are talking uh, the original Dune movie before Dune Part Two comes out, and I thought I'd hit you with a uh, my favorite Dune story that I just learned. Yes, uh, I am currently going through Patrick Stewart's autobiography uh-huh. in audiobook form because you know I had I had the choice like do isn't I'll... it called Make It So yes or Making It So or something Making It So yes um, but I had a choice like you know do I want to read this by myself. Or do I want to have Patrick Stewart read it to me? I would say
1: Patrick and Stewart gotta, read I, it to me.
0: I want the audiobook route because I'm like, you know, it doesn't really feel like a choice. Like, of course I want to have Patrick Stewart. Read it. Yeah. Um, and coincidentally, uh, we, I know that I originally said we we're going to do a comic this week. I didn't read enough of it. So I was like, ah, shit, we got to do a movie instead. Yeah. Which is fine, because I'm, I'm all, you know, I, I was excited it, to do this movie.
1: It worked out better this way, I think.
0: And I just happened to get to the Dune part of his autobiography over the weekend, which was not intentional, but hey, works great for us. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll do both Patrick Stewart stories from Dune. Uh, yes. One yeah. is uh, David Lynch, who directed the movie, the person who was going to play his role of Gurney. Uh, something happened, and they're like, and he had seen Patrick Stewart in the uh Royal Shakespeare Company, uh, playing a role the year before. And he was was like, oh, hey, I want to get that actor. So he signs a contract, goes over to – he's shooting a different thing. And it comes from uh, England to America, meets with David Lynch. And, like, David Lynch, like, he goes to his hotel room. Like, he's just not talking to him. He's like, okay. Max von Sydow comes in. and You know, they start talking, whatever, and he leaves. And uh, during the whole production of Dune, David Lynch doesn't give Patrick Stewart a single smidge of direction. Oh, and eventually one of the producers like takes him out to dinner. She's like, Hey, just so you know, like when he saw you on stage, like you looked totally different. Like you like you you had a wig on and like you were like super like rugged and like kinda gnarly. And then you came in and like you were like bald <laughs> bald and in shape. Yeah. At at the time. And he's like, it's just not what he was expecting and like contract had been signed at that point. So it was like he was kind of like, well, I'm stuck with this guy.
1: Oh. So, like,
0: literally, Patrick Stewart talks about, like, you know, if he was giving directions to a group, like, he would, like, you know, look at individuals, and then, like, if his eyes came to Patrick Stewart, he would just kind of, like, look over him and, like, literally never made eye contact. So, he had zero direction in Dune, but then, like, they were kind of, like, chummy at a cast party, and then later on, um, David Lynch uh, is, like, super into transcendental meditation, and he found out, like, Patrick Stewart was into it. He's like, oh, hey, do you want to, like, help promote this with me? Oh, oh, nice. But that's not the fun story that's not the fun story the real fun story is involving sting okay also so, this
1: was three years after patrick Stewart was in excalibur i mean he was bald and i wouldn't call him jacked in that movie but
0: i mean he's an in-shape man for oh, like, yeah. what he's, he is yes he's quite fit but he meets sting on set and you know he's just making conversation in between like setups he's like oh i hear you're a musician and Sting's like yeah so <laughs> like, oh, go what do you play he's like oh, i play the bass it's like oh I could never understand why people would want to play the bass. It's such a big and imposing instrument. It must be so hard to move around. Like thinking about like an upright bass. <laughs> and Sting's like, No, I you know, I play an electric bass, so it's you know as easy as a guitar. He's like, oh, okay, like well, do you play with a group? It's like, uh Yeah, I I play in the police. And he goes, Oh, you're in a police band? <laughs> no. And then everyone made fun of him for the rest of the production. Yeah. It's like, Sting
1: was probably like, Don't stand so close to me, Patrick. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I just love that he's like, you know, I I like classical music. I'm not really up on like pop music, and I just I made an ass of myself. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, I hear you're a musician.
1: (laughs) I'm somewhat of a scientist myself.
0: (laughs) Isn't that just great? That's fantastic. I can see him (laughs) like,
1: oh, the bass. Yeah. Oh, you you. It's all about the bass. (laughs) You play. What if there was a production agent on the movie called Roxanne, and Sting called for Roxanne. (laughs) <laughs> uh, i'm trying to think of other police songs off the top of my head message in a bottle oh yes that's uh, how Patrick words contract was delivered it's probably my favorite police song it's a good police song
0: but i i, I just love that little bit it's like, oh you play in a police band you know what i like to do and then everyone made fun of him
1: um after we watch a movie sometimes i'll go have you ever seen the everything wrong with movie uh, films on youtube some i'm not gonna say there was there was one um about dune so i watched that and then like it brought up some other the new dune or the old dune the old dune Mm, i don't think
0: yeah to be fair if you said this is the new one i don't know why i asked for a clarification i don't know
1: uh but there was also then it came comes up on the algorithm so i went back and watched some select scenes the scene in which patrick's uh, no sorry the scene in which sting uh is killed one of the the top comments was sting has been murdered somebody call the police
0: i was like right that's Um, but yeah, there's my fun Patrick Stewart Dune uh, stories from his autobiography. The, B- the Benny Jesuit? Making it so. Mm. Mm. So, from Patrick Stewart getting no direction to the Kansas City Chiefs, clearly not following the script and the direction to have Travis okay, score the play. Okay, okay, no
1: score. Now no, uh, we're moving no, on to no, Jaron no, sports no, no, reports. No, no, no. We can do better than that. We can do far superior than that. Uh, let's see. No, that was so bad, I can't even think of anything good. We're just going to go with that.
0: There you go. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report.
1: Sports Reports. Don't give me your little surly, condescending look.
0: I'm just waiting for you to start.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to yell at me like, like Andy Reid got yelled at by Travis Kelsey. He got up in his face. Anyway, for the first time in almost, uh, or just over 20 years, there's a repeat Super Bowl champion. The Kansas City Chiefs win in the longest Super Bowl ever, uh, scoring as time expired near the end of the first period of overtime. God, I was tired. I was
0: like, just end the game. Yeah,
1: I know. That gives them back-to-back three in five years. Patrick Mahomes, his third Super Bowl MVP. Just a, you know interesting game. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers fall short. Yeah, it was an okay, I mean, the game got better as it went along i didn't think the first half was particularly fantastic
0: how long did it take them to score a point uh
1: nobody scored in the first quarter i believe at the very end of the first quarter maybe
0: 50 minutes or something uh
1: it wasn't 50 minutes felt like it 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 felt like a long long time so there's that uh so the chiefs continue andy Reid has announced he is not retiring as some of the rumors were as we mentioned earlier most watched
0: super bowl ever most watched live telecast outside of the (laughs) moon landing I saw one of uh, his post game presser, he, like being asked about retirement. He's like, "I'm so sad that like Belichick and Pat Carroll retired because now I'm going to get all those questions."
1: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Which is a funny response. It's a great response, great, great response. So, uh, the NFL season has come to a close. Halftime show, solid, solid.
0: Roller blades? Wait, roller skates? Roller skates.
1: I I feel They're like not as cool as blades. I feel like everything in the halftime show, picked up once he put on the roller skates. Once he came out in the roller skates, we were good to go. Uh, let's see. You had... Um, Who knew that Usher could roller
0: skate and sing? Like, I'll accept roller skating. People. I'll singing, but roller skating and singing. Now, that's Uh-oh. a banger.
1: Cameos, Alicia Keys, which a lot of people are like, the way Usher touched her, was like, hey, she's married. There were some tweets about that. It's
0: a performance. Shut up.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Lil Jon and Ludacris all... What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh luda so there you go that was your halftime show best commercial
0: for me i think was the dunkin donuts commercial that, that was a good i like the michael sarah one too the
1: michael sarah one was good i also like the paramount plus one i thought that one was good as well so those were some solid ones they brought back the the e-trade babies whatever uh, i'm trying to think of other ones that kind of stood out the bud light genie was pretty good oh he I mean, wasn't great i remember there were years where like bud light commercials like had a whole run and they were fantastic uh, but I think the Dunkin' Donuts commercial probably was the best one of the night. Lots of star power Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Tom Brady. So that was good, yeah. So that's uh, that puts a wrap on you the just saw nfl You Tom Brady season. doing a
0: Boston thing, you're <laughs> like, Oh, Tom Brady, I miss you. Come <laughs> back.
1: Uh, and quick Patriots news. Uh, sounds like Mac Jones is on the trading block. <laughs> what shock, yeah. I know the Patriots. Uh, shopping them around a little bit reports are so we shall see all of the new Patriots coaching staff reported to work today this will be Tuesday the 13th uh to start their draft preparations coming up in April of course with Mac Jones being on the trading block you would think they might be leaning towards a quarterback with the number three overall pick we'll see maybe they can get some draft some extra draft capital with Mac Jones uh, and where they go from there so if that's the case maybe Bailey Zappi's back next year I don't know we'll see. But uh, the NFL hot stove. I mean, what are they up. gonna
0: do? Because I mean, what? I think the you're, thing you're not gonna have someone ready to go out of the gate, and you're not gonna want to put someone behind. Caleb well,
1: Williams streak may I think they're NFL ready, probably out of the gate. But you're also gonna get some weapons around them, and I still think that there's something to be said about Bailey Zappi in the locker room and the reports about how he was in the quarterback room. You know, will he be willing to accept the role of, as a backup? I don't believe he's a starter.
0: But, I mean, you're not going to have Mac Jones. So, what? You're going to have a rookie come in? Or just start or... Maybe some kind of trade, but... Or
1: or the other thing that's kind of an interesting thing that's been floating around is you've got Matt Ryan. Not Matt Ryan, but excuse me, Joe Flacco, who's the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He's available, plus Baker Mayfield is out there as well, and he's uh, got a, a long relationship with Alex Van Pelt, the new offensive coordinator from New England who was with the Cleveland Browns. So do you bring in a gap quarterback like a Baker Mayfield, also out there as a free agent, Kirk Cousins? Do you bring in a veteran guy and you still draft a quarterback... Maybe you draft a, a, like a Bo Nix in the second round, uh, and let them season for a year or two under a veteran quarterback, and you get Marvin Harrison Jr. with the number one, uh, with the number your first-round pick, the number three overall. So, some interesting scenarios out there for it, the Patriots.
0: It, I mean, they were in a rebuild. And now they're in a re-rebuild. They're kind of in a shitty situation. They're,
1: they're not in a good spot. I will say that, but yeah. uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. As now the NFL hot stove season has progressed if you would bet money that travis kelsey was going to propose to taylor swift after the game you lost yeah. if you bet on certain parlays like i did you
0: lost if you bet that travis kelsey was in a single touchdown you, you lost. lost that, that yeah. was me but you know i still came up profitable on the day that's true i i <laughs> do you, <want> to... <laughs> do you want to know how much profit i made how much uh because i i did lose some on that uh third bet Four fifty-five. <laughs> four dollars and fifty five cents? Oh yeah. Four dollars oh. and fifty-five cents like, I was, whatever.
1: I was only down like fifteen <laughs> or twenty bucks on the day. And I had like four bets out there. So. Hey, you know what? The guy who made four dollars and fifty-five cents looking pretty good. I was I was one Isaiah Pacheco yard and one Debo Samuel touchdown away from winning $125. You want
0: to shut up about Debo Samuel for like I, a, a, the, an entire quarter. Give it to Debo! <laughs>
1: that was people in our and mutual friend Mike's neighborhood were very probably concerned, because all the time was, give the ball to Devo, you motherfuckers!
0: I do think it's funny, like, when there are bets going, like, they are just, like... Changes you, the way you watch the game. It, yeah, like, people are watching different games when <laughs> you're expecting different things. But whatever, I came out on top, made my $4.55, so I'll take it. Yes. On my Sunday betting. Whatever, the NBA is in a real boring period because it's right before uh, the All-Star break, so everyone is being super lazy right now. Oh, yeah. The big downside um, is Embiid is officially out of the MVP race with the new 65-game minimum which i imagine that rule will probably <laughs> we've introduced it this year i imagine it's probably going to get changed next year because that uh changes the landscape and for a guy who was like dominating was actually probably going to win it is out of the race now so yeah yeah that, that that's a bummer and whatever uh, uh vector webb did get an insane triple double last night where his uh, triple double is you get double digits in any stats yeah and traditionally that's going to be Points, assists, rebounds. He did it with blocks. <laughs> he did it with blocks. <laughs> That's for ridiculous. for his third stat, not assists. So it was yeah, points, rebounds, blocks. That's wild. So you know, just love seeing that shit. But that it for sports. That's it for sports reports. All right, let's move on to uh, from that to a review of the week. David Lynch's Dune from nineteen eighty four. Yeah,
1: I'm the best there is of what I do.
0: What I do best isn't very nice. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review. All right, what do you think this movie was all about? Dune. Sand
1: and the spice melange.
0: There's a lot of sand here. A, don't you it do gets, it. I swear to God, <laughs> don't you do it. It's
1: coarse and it's irritating and it gets everywhere. What like did me? I just
0: <laughs> say like three times? Uh, talk about it in non-Star Wars terms, even though Star Wars steals from Dune so heavily. My yeah. god. Uh way more in uh what you see in the book than the movies, but you can still feel that Star Wars influence like running throughout. Oh, 100%.
1: Ooh. I used the force
0: to dodge my phone strike.
1: I was high on the spice mélange. I will say this, like the, <laughs> I it's been a long time since I'd seen it, like probably f- 7 or 8 years.
0: Oh, way more th- than that for me.
1: The opening narration with the princess when she leaves and then goes like, "Oh wait, there's something else I forgot to I tell love you." That. I love it's where she's like,
0: just like, "Oops, I forgot this." Like, this is ne- this is just exposition. Yeah. you forgot.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> that's silly. It's like, oh, we shot a pickup and we just don't know how to edit it in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oops, I forgot to tell
1: you. It's hilarious. I mean, um, uh, and that character yeah. is
0: going to be played by uh, Florence Pugh in the upcoming movie. I like Florence Pugh. Yeah that's my commentary yeah she's yeah. i like her mm-hmm. i have nothing negative yes. to say
1: mm-hmm. i was trying to think of uh i couldn't think of the name of hailey steinfeld's character hailey steinfeld's character in hawkeye uh her name was hawkeye no but it was um kate kate but what oh kate yes kate bishop yes that's kate bishop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hilarious i made some mac and cheese kate bishop anyway yeah i that was totally a scene that i remember yeah i believe it, it happened <laughs> Whatever, tell us about 1984's
1: Dune. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's weird watching, going back and watching this after having more recently seen the more recent Jacques Villeneuve Dune. I'm sorry,
0: who? That guy, the French dude. Uh, Denis Villeneuve? Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Jacques? Jacques? <laughs> yeah. Jacques. Just one of the most French names you could think of? Yes. Jacques. Are. You know, Pepe
1: <laughs> Le Pew's Dune. Monsieur Jacques Villeneuve. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, now I seem totally insensitive to the French culture. I'm gonna have a baguette. Oh, oh, oh when oui, oui. When Jacques directed. <laughs> yeah. Is there a Jacques oh Jacques Velneux is maybe he's a there I think there's a anyway, never mind. I've dug myself a as a, a you know what this was? As they say in France? A fiasco. That's stupid American. <laughs> yeah. Sacre bleu. Anyway, it was interesting to watch some of the similarities
0: that existed. Yeah, I just re watched um getting prepped for because that came in 2021 so i was re i rewatched yeah. it you know within the last month last two months something like that it's crazy to watch those kind of two movies side by side because there are a lot of shot for shot it's it's not shot for shot but they there's a lot of similar i mean i
1: guess the source material is the same but yeah
0: neither one of them really mess with the source material that much and no. so we get this dune which is in total like two hours 20 minutes or something yes versus like you know denny Villeneuve's Dune, like the first one's like three hours but when you're looking at them comparatively they're kind of the same they are but i think
1: too when you look at the denny Villeneuve one like it really gets through i think the second one's going to be faster paced with more action because it's now led up to the point where paul atreides is with the fremen where like it took two-thirds of the movie to really get to hang out with the fremen and then the whole like the whole third act to me feels somewhat rushed with the sandworm attack. I think we're gonna have more time with the sandworm because the worm is the spice and the spice is the worm, or well, so they tell me.
0: we, we do get that where well, it does cover a lot of the same ground as uh, the other movie it this movie probably could have benefited from like not a ton more time, but like maybe. 15 more minutes of exposition explaining like and well, that's saying like, something
1: because the first 40 minutes of the movie are exposition
0: but just like what does the voice do like stuff like that um the weirding the the wheel what the weirding the, yeah uh, the call and all yeah yeah my name is a killing word it is what a great fucking line that's by a the way. great line i love that line my name is a killing word
1: look into that dark place and you'll find me or there's something similar to that right near the end when he's talking to the witch
0: the benny Jesuit witch
1: yeah that one I can't remember all their names. They have some weird space names. There are weird space names. Lots of weird space names. (laughs) No question. But like, you texted me and you're right. Like, this movie in the beginning, like, it's like, hey, guess what? We're way the fuck out there. Like, it's way out there with some stuff.
0: This movie is so interesting to watch because parts of it look so expensive and like so well done. And other parts (laughs) of it look cheap as hell. Yeah.
1: There are parts where it's like, that's visually stunning. And then there are parts like, am I watching Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yeah. I know. think there's also like sequences in that, like especially like, drinking the living water and the like the waking dream that he has is very like if you're on the wrong drugs and you're watching this, you're gonna like have some problems.
0: That's a character I don't really like. Um, uh, Shiana or Kiana, however you pronounce it, uh, mm-hmm. who's played by Sean Young in this, who uh, people would know from Blade Runner, yes, the um, same
1: character that <laughs> Zendaya is playing, in. yes, but yeah. like.
0: She doesn't really have an arc or do anything. She's just kind of there, and then they're in love and they bang. It was like, yeah. okay, this like, this movie could have used, like I said, like another fifteen minutes just to flesh out a couple of things. And it, like, I would agree with that. It's a gross movie too, which I love. Like this movie is just like it really focuses on, um, like the Baron Harkonnen, yes, like just being covered like boils and like like the guy's like popping the
1: thing and like pulling the thing out of like the blackhead type thing Like
0: they are there to show you how gross this world is and how like gross some of these people are and like the heart plug is really gross Mm -hmm. like they are just there to be a gross gross movie and i kind of love that like for as much as like the new dune is like visually stunning and epic and whatever and so is the book but this movie is just like fuck you we're gross yeah we're real gross And we want to be gross.
1: Like when he kills the flower person, the flower ranger, just, like bites them. Like,
0: ah. Yeah. I, I love that weird, like, oh, the um, big creature in the beginning. Oh, they the, don't explain it. They're just like, well, it's like the guild the guild navigator or whatever. But it's just like, with a weird the vagina mouth. Al- <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I have some questions for you, but yes, uh, that weird big creature. Yes. <laughs> like, they don't explain it. They're just like, you listen to this thing. You listen How do to this they- weird big brain in a jar.
1: How wide are the hallways and the corners in the hallways of the um, the palace there for them to get that in so easily? Tilt, tilt
0: it. <laughs> uh, I I do think uh, Paul is Wayne. a little too old. Uh, what's his name? Kyle McDonough, McDonough or something m- like that. Uh, McLaughlin. Dale, Co-
1: Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Uh, he was also that guy from Showgirls. And he was also, oh, he also played the guy in the Flintstones movie. Not, oh, he wasn't Cliff, good, Cliff something.
0: I feel like he's a little. I just remember Showgirls and miscast. Yeah, let's move on from Showgirls. (laughs) Uh, He's good though. I he's just a little old, but this cast is stacked. Like a bunch of people who would go on and do a ton of stuff. Um, Patrick Stewart, Max von Sydow, Brad Dourif, who is just always a weirdo creep and everything. Mm -hmm. God damn, I he's he's my favorite weird like creep character actor. (laughs) Like you need a weird creep, you get Brad Dourif. Yeah,
1: hey Brad Dourif, we need you to put on some weird eyebrows and
0: or if you're in lord of the rings no eyebrows shave them
1: that's also yeah good point
0: i really love him uh in star trek voyager he it's probably only three episodes maybe four maybe comic lachlan by the way but he uh so if you haven't seen star trek voyager like a federation ship gets pushed out and Mm -hmm. it's gonna take them like a hundred years to get back turns out it takes seven but whatever yeah uh but they have brad durf as part of the crew and uh he's a sociopath who just starts murdering people and they have to lock him up but they don't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. And he has such a cool arc on Voyager for like the couple of episodes of these and they're just cuz you know, you get Brad in there to play a weird old freak.
1: Yeah, this guy named Sting, I think he ends up doing some good stuff with other parts of his career. He tries he tries music and does well.
0: Yeah, I mean, he sends an SOS to the world. Yes,
1: he does send an SOS to the world. Uh who else do you have in this uh Jurgen,
0: Jurgen Proch now? Sting is cut in this like oh yeah they're like hey we got sting what's he gonna do he's gonna have a weird cod piece with wings (laughs) yeah pretty much that's exactly right and that fight like the fight is a little slow at the end uh spoilers sting dies so you know you know sorry kids i love like, that, fight, that austin like, butler's gonna paul, survive this movie
1: he ain't paul kills him with a knife and then like shows that he could have done what he wanted when he just uses the word
0: yeah i love that and then like the floor cracks it's great uh by the way this is full spoilers because the book came out in the 50s the movie came out in the 80s and, oh yeah you know spoilers went out the window about five six decades ago
1: yeah richard <laughs> jordan was in this too let's not forget that he was in uh a bunch of different films he was in like gettysburg les mis couple other like character actor type pieces uh did you mention uh virginia Madsen? yeah as the princess no in the beginning she oh boy she is gorgeous oh my gosh yes but no i mean like there are parts of the movie like i said like when i text you i'm like man this is fun but there are parts where it's really slow then there are parts it's not like it it strikes an interesting balance for (sighs) what two hours 15 i think
0: yeah i i I think tonally this movie doesn't quite work uh it's a it shifts a lot. Yeah. And not in a good way. Although there's a lot in this movie to love. And then to be honest, like, there's a lot in this movie I like a lot more than I like the Dennyville Villeneuve one, even though, like, that movie you is You mean gorgeous. Jacques new No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> even though that movie is, like, gorgeous and epic and whatever, but this is, like, it's practical and I like kind of how dirty and grimy it feels. I get a big kick out of Patrick Stewart getting a mullet.
1: Yes. A skullet, really. <laughs>
0: what the hell happened there? That doesn't make any sense.
1: I think we're overlooking a key element, the music in the soundtrack by Toto, <laughs> by Toto. <laughs> which is funny because it takes place in like a desert. And I just keep thinking at the end when it rains, I'm like, <sighs> do it. Sing the song.
0: I going to
1: sing Africa. Also, like, isn't it a little duplicitous that the well, I guess I don't know. If this is the word ironic. Like, so the sandworms make the spice right
0: Sightworms do a lot of things but water also, the kills spice Does a lot of
1: things but water kills them so he made it rain on the planet where they are that makes spice
0: oh the the other thing I, uh one of the other things or I is it like from, a
1: localized shower like a pop-up shower in the
0: summer so patrick stewart was saying like when they had to put those suits on like they were in them like, yeah y- you couldn't take them off for the entire day so he didn't say this but i'm just immediately inferring like You literally couldn't take them off because they took like multiple people to get them on. He's like, but they looked pretty good. I'm like, so you couldn't take a piss for the entire day?
1: Well, I mean, the suit did say that it processed urine and feces. Yeah.
0: No, that's that's the fictional suits, the real life suits. You're just stuck in those all day because, like, you would get so sweaty, like, they couldn't literally put them back on you. So, like, those dudes in those suits literally couldn't take a piss for like 12 hours what was it was it michael was it michael keaton telling val kilmer
1: or val kilmer telling george clooney the biggest piece of advice make sure your suit has a zipper uh
0: no that was christian bale to affleck oh
1: make sure your suit has a zipper
0: yeah find a way to go to the bathroom like yeah that's crazy so they were just in those things for like 12 hours and like couldn't take a can you
1: imagine just like how sticky and sweaty it was in those under the hot lights in the studio because this is back like when the lights were throwing heat too by the 1984 almost 40 years ago
0: they were filming this in mexico too Sandy down there. Apparently, some parts of it. Well, so I write one of my notes was just gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh, and also Big Weird Head. What fantastic notes I took. Big Weird Head. I think that this movie, it was better than I remember it. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to the next Dune movie, and I have yeah. liked all of it. And I've I've read the first Dune novel twice. I read the second one once, but that was like in fourth grade, so I, I remember like nothing from it. Yeah. And for however long the series is, it goes on beyond that, but...
1: There there are some scenes that feel kind of slow and drag it down a little bit. I still think like the third act when they, like, they say, well, two years later, they just kind of hand wave away two years with the Fremen and like, but like I, the the end felt like, it felt rushed, and then the climax was kind of weird.
0: Oh, I I love the end. Like I when love all the, the, I when love the end. The sandworms coming, they're like fuck you.
1: What? No, I'm like talking like the end, end. Like it just kind of like. Oh, he's like I, I rule you now. Yeah, I rule you now, and then they just show the ocean. House of Traides, baby.
0: Whatever. Um, it's better than I remember. I haven't seen
1: it in a while. No, I think it's it's fun. I can see why it, it does have kind of a cult
0: following. It's um. It's also it's hard to compare because you got to imagine at this point like it, while it's good like you still got to think like New Hope and Empire to come out at this point yeah and it doesn't really hold a candle to that like in like it's still it, a big epic sci fi yeah. movie but it's like it doesn't, it doesn't quite it, get to those like v- even those visual levels but like for me it's
1: an epic sci fi movie but it's also a dystopian epic sci fi movie and. Like you said, I think the difference and I think where it is kind of jarring between like Star Wars and that is like the Star Wars movies, like especially with Empire and clearly um, Jedi. uh, A Jedi come out by 1984? Yeah, 1982, right? 81, 82, I think. Uh, 77, 80... 82 or 83. I think it was
0: 83.
1: Yeah. But like we had had that and like we had seen like, we had seen the change and this is very, it does kind of... Yeah, 83. Yeah. So like, Different. Like there is some dystopian feel to it. Certainly, I felt like, but um, no, I, it's different, and I think because it's different, it worked. It wasn't a complete Star Wars knockoff. No, I plus the source material it, it was already there. So it well, wasn't I mean, like it was Star
0: Wars knocked off Dune.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they were a better version of Dune
0: ish. Whatever, Dune, it's good. It's on Max. Go yeah. watch it. Yeah, if, absolutely. if you haven't seen it in a while. I haven't seen it in a good long while and I had a I had a hell of a time. Yeah. I really like those practical effects. I really like the sandworms, and the sandworms for me was like, oh, man, those look so Those good. were great. Those were great. There was no messing around with like the sandworm design.
1: <laughs> Until the very obvious green screen where he's riding the sandworm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah that part. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, let's get multiple people up here. I'm like, let's not. Nope. Let's just have it. It doesn't look good with one person. Nope. Oh, good. Two people. Looks worse. Yeah. but well, that, there you go. That's Dune. Um, it's very much of the time, but damn, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, you get some rock and toto. Yes, you do uh well hey they bless the rains down on arrakis
1: ah yes there we did. go there I, f- I, I found one there i'm we proud go. of you all right we're done i'm proud I- of you I-,
0: I did that now we're gonna move on <laughs> i bless the rains down in arrakis i want to leave right now <laughs> well we have another segment so Shit. you can't and uh potentially a long one <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you wow it's already late yeah it's 8 some of us are old <laughs>
0: I had that problem during the Super Bowl. I'm like, why won't it That's a end? good point.
1: I'm still recovering
0: from being up till 10.30. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on from there to letters to the editors. Other questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. Hey, if you want to ask us your own questions, you can send them to editorsnotecomics at com. We'll answer them here. Yeah, we will. Uh, this week, I'm going to combine... Uh, two emails oh wow i think the first time we've ever done this yeah. a well, combo email oh okay uh last week uh i gave you a choice of whatever we talked about versus talking about um uh female versus male comic book hero buying habits
1: buy, oh yeah buying habits and then last week was the tentpole movie thing so oh. yeah we talked about cinema this week we're talking about male versus female
0: comic ha- well i buying think habits. I'm, I'm gonna combine this to all right uh, what we got we got a we got a batch email i love batch emails all right there you go I love it. Just, you know, if anyone wants to write us in questions, like, I'm happy with one question. That totally works. But what makes me happy is when someone sends me, to here's, like, eight questions, like, thank you. Yay! <laughs> I always enjoy those. So, we did get a new one this week. So, combining the other one of, like, a, you know, uh, with my experience as a store owner, uh, talking about, um, you know, female to male ratios, I think we can, uh, I'm going to read this one a little bit more verbatim than I normally do um I've, I've started noticing some of my contemporaries slowly turning into curmudgeons like back in the day why can't they just stick to what spider-man is not these stories go to or mean anything uh the question uh, are old comic nerds cranky because they've been catered to for too long or by its nature the medium leans towards uh repetition and they don't want to admit that they're bored I have a lot of thoughts about this, and I'm, right. I'm going to start with uh, like the male to female ratio because I I thought these two things kind of combined. I would say, as um, a comic store owner, like I think when you traditionally think about comic books, and let's kind of use antiquated uh, thinking, you're you're thinking about like um, like young male, like maybe ten and under mm-hmm. uh, people buying books, and the way comics used to work, which is not tr- true now, is like uh they would kind of go through a five-year cycle like you get someone in there for five years they'd age out of it you get new readers in there they'd be there for five years they'd, they'd age out of it and stan lee would always say we uh, when dealing with comics comics were the illusion of change mm-hmm. like you would tell a story do whatever like make it seem like things were happening but at the end of the day you're going back to the status quo which is very true of comics and you know when you're dealing with something that is always in its second act yes like we've had the first act of comics, uh, and when we're, when we're talking about comics here, I'm talking specifically about like superhero books like Marvel, DC. Like, you had that uh, going back to like the 30s, to the 60s, some characters like in the 70s, whatever. You saw the first act of everything, and we've been perpetually in act two ever since then. I, I do think a lot of, especially online discourse, doesn't really. Capture what comic readers are. Uh, like As a retailer, I would say about 40% of my readership was... or Not readership, that's not the right word. Uh, for, Clientele? Yeah. Uh, about 40% was... Um, I learned that
1: word from Jacques Villeneuve.
0: <laughs> great. It was like um, male versus female. We get about 40% uh, female. Uh, this is not a exact thing. A lot of what I think my female clients were, were getting independent books, which books like uh monstrous or lumberjanes like stuff like that saga was uh, another big one uh not to say that there were not uh female superhero readers because there absolutely were but i feel like that's not as acknowledged of a group and also online a lot of people complain and yes a lot of older comics fans uh not not everyone because i certainly don't want to paint that as a whole brush because I would see a lot of um, older uh, people come into the store. They would buy stuff. And some of them would be like super happy, just buy whatever. Like, oh, you know, I'm curious to check XYZ out. Some people were like kind of hyper specific. Mm -hmm. But for what happens online versus what happens in person, I think are two very different things. My favorite, uh, I'll give uh, two kind of examples that I really like. One was uh, when Captain America became Hydra. Ooh. Well, we, this is very early in the show, like we talked about this years and years ago, but the number of people that came in and they would tell me how angry they were about that this had happened. It I never made any sense to me because one, I would say 90% of the people that were complaining to me were not buying the books. And I could, I know they weren't buying the books because they physically weren't buying the books for me. Oh, well, there you go. And they'd be like, I can't believe this. And I I was just like kind of stuck. I'm like, you know, this isn't going to stick. Like this is, it's going to go for this arc. And then there was a mini series. It's like, and it's just, you know, in a couple of months, he's just going to be Captain America again. And that's exactly what happened. So I never understood like the vitriol, especially for like, and this is mostly from adults, like people who have had experience, like, how do you not see you mean like like,
1: people who should be generally level-headed and mature
0: like yeah you know where this is going like you know he's just going to be like steve rogers captain america again in a couple of months right yeah and boy did a lot of them not know that and boy did were a lot of them not buying it but as far as like active like vitriol of like um people talking about comics i very rarely got that uh my favorite one was after last jedi came out Someone who had Star Wars on their poll list came in like the week after Last Jedi came out, and he canceled Star Wars. And you know, you people cancel things all the time, and mm-hmm. but, <laughs> they don't always tell me why. But he saw Last Jedi, he goes, "I didn't know Luke Skywalker was such a pussy." <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't think I can uh, talk you back into this one. You
1: clearly missed the part where he whined about not being able to look at power converters in Tashi Station.
0: <laughs> I just loved that. I was like, oh my god! Oh, that was aggressive. I mean,
1: it was. Established early on that Luke was kind of a pussy for like the first movie and a half.
0: Um, let's not mean, u- let's not use that term. Okay. That's just what I was presented with. Well no, I'm using that
1: man's <laughs> verbiage. Luke Luke was um he was growing. He was maturing. So I feel I like we'll get
0: the power converters at Taji Station. I feel like a lot of what happens online uh, is not necessarily reflective of what like like people will complain about things and but they're not actually engaging with it there's a lot of like oh i saw this thing and i'm mad about this thing because i saw this article i'm supposed to be mad that's what the internet tells me to be yeah so i think there's a lot of that i didn't see a lot of that physically in person although i will say i don't think the comic industry does a very good job of catering to i think uh very important markets again we're this is not talking about every company i'm just talking about marvel and dc here I don't think, uh, comics as a whole, again, like the big two, they don't do a good job of catering books to kids. And that's something I got a lot. Like parents would come in they're like, Oh, like, you know, I have a seven year old kid. I have a six year old kid. I have a whatever, like, and they're interested, but like so many comics are kind of a aimed at like, uh, you know, like maybe like mid teens to like 30 year old kind of group. Like that's kind of their bread and butter. But there isn't a lot out there for at least superhero stuff, which is mostly the stuff kids are going to be interested in. They're not going to be like, oh, my God, let me get that indie book. Like, I'm really interested in expanding, like, the market. There isn't enough out there for kids. And I also don't think there is enough out there for necessarily, like, when I say older generation, I mean, like, people over 30, which is, you know, not that old. But... The problem is, is comics were never initially designed to be presented to people who were, um, you know, over like ten initially. So they haven't found a good way to appeal to people who grew up with it, who like, you know, that serialized storytelling where you are getting kind of like, you know, Spider Man's going to go through a thing, but then you get it reset. Like that hasn't been designed. But to be honest, like as you know, a former retailer, I can tell you, like the best customers you want to get are the people that are older, because people who are older. Again, I'm saying like over 30 which those are the people with money though. They have
1: disposable I'm, income. I'm I'm over 30 and I don't have disposable income.
0: Well, people with more financial sense.
1: That's right. <laughs> Actually I have decent disposable income.
0: But I mean, that's until the Super Bowl betting, but that's what you kind of want to see like in the comic book world is, you know, you I think that we, we there isn't enough done to focus on the younger and the like over thirty, like the over, like those are the people who could actually spend money on stuff. So, or and you also want to get kids, so you have that like growth. Like, okay, I like this now, and I want to come into it, and I want to keep growing with it. So, you know, there's a focus on like. Allow this. me to to ask a question then. Like,
1: I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about like comic books and like their ongoing nature and like just especially like with changing story arcs and things like that. And I'm thinking about like recently things have popped up in my algorithm about wrestling and some like old like the rock coming back to wrestling would you say like the closest equivalency in in entertainment as far as like live entertainment and comic books would be professional wrestling you've got a variety of characters who are going through an ongoing story that kind of never ends that have different arcs Um, obviously um you know there's a shelf life to certain characters where like superman will be around forever i mean i know they killed them off and stuff but you can't like you know, literally kill off a character and bring them back and wrestle. I mean, I guess you could, um, like not physically, like actually kill them, but like, would you say that that would be kind of an equivalency? And then, like, it, are there is there a way to draw parallels between what is popular and wrestling? Like you said, like people would go to like you know look for indie books. Well, there are people that are really into the indie wrestling scene as opposed to, like, the mainstream, like, you know, WWE, and back in the day they had WCW, ECW kind of, like, would be, like, your Marvel, DC kind of comics. Do you think there's a, an equivalency there? And maybe interesting to see the people who like wrestling, is it, again, like, the older the older crowd tend to like more of the classic stuff or the stuff that they're used to?
0: I think if it were up to me, that this is – This happens from time to time, and not as much as I think it should. Is um, these companies will bring back the old guard because none of these guys ever really retire and none of them have like health insurance or anything. It's, but they'll bring them back like, oh, they came back for like this, a one shot or like this 12 issue thing. I think if you want to focus on getting older readers to stay, you could have uh, older creators come in for like six issue, 12 issue, like miniseries Mm -hmm. that just don't gotta worry about continuity like that's what Jack Kirby did when he came back to Marvel in the 70s like I don't want to touch this other continuity stuff like give me like Black Panther Captain America I'm gonna do my own thing
1: it's so, like similar to like the rock coming back like people who like grew up with wrestling in like the late 90s through the 2000s the rock is back so someone like me it's drawing me back in for a little bit because it's something yeah. i
0: Yeah, like, if you brought, I mean, again, these people come back occasionally, but I would do it if you want to maybe, like, keep the older audience, who, again, has money to spend, Mm -hmm. like, bring back uh, Chris Claremont, bring back Walt Simonson, bring back Louis Simonson, like, get these people, maybe not, like, you know, on a endless ongoing, but, like, all right, we're going to do six issues, 12 issues, I think that would be a good way to bring in older readers and also like maybe even simultaneously younger readers because if you're just dealing with like one of my favorite things to do uh that was easy to sell to parents for like young kids like okay this is a one shot you just got to spend $3.99 here it's a single entire story your kid can enjoy it if they want more plenty more to be read (coughs) yeah I don't know but yeah as far as like what happens like in online discourse I think most of that's online and most people aren't actually picking the stuff up and actually checking it out but I also think that there are underserved markets within uh, yeah. the world of comics all right uh, like i said i had some thoughts <laughs> yeah I, I guess the you certainly did and i'm glad that you had an extra week to compile said thoughts <laughs> I, I saw that email i'm like i got things to say
1: is that it uh, that that is it are you getting off your soapbox i think it was a soapbox oh it was more like a like a like a diet a dias dias dias. that was my ted talk oh excellent well <laughs> all right well if you enjoyed the show go to Patreon.com slash editors note comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it, plus access to things behind the paywall like Pod to the Dark Tower episode
0: question mark? Soon.
1: Okay, cool. Too soon. Uh, uh and then you also have Buffy Back Issue bin and all kinds of other stuff again. Patreon.com slash note comics. You can email us at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Interact with the show, rate, review, and subscribe. And you can find us on the social media. Zach is out there. Just look up editors note comics.
0: Yeah, I opened up my Blue Sky app uh, yesterday. I was like, huh, I posted something four months ago. Oh, wow. And then I had nothing to read. I haven't opened threads up since the (laughs) summer. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, we're
1: there. I'm on Twitter, by the way. Or X, at Junior Rich.
0: We'll be back next week uh, for Batman.
1: Batman, you say?
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to do the final season, quote unquote, of uh, Batman the Animated Series. The Adventure Continues for the final arc of that. All right. Next week, uh, we'll be back. Bye-bye. Bye.